People, Pets, and Energetics with Mark Hernandez. This is episode 124 on Alternative Health Tools podcast, where together we discover and share new alternative health tools and resources from alternative healthcare practitioners and experts. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Alternative Health Tools. This is Kim Shea, your co-host for this episode, coming to you from this side of the pond here in beautiful Southern California. And today I am very delighted to speak with Mark Hernandez. He is a holistic practitioner and an owner and founder of People and Pets Energetics. He works with people and animals, which I thought was really cool. And I thought you all would like to meet him. Welcome, Mark Hernandez. Hey, Kim. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you and your community. Thank you so much. So let's go to the beginning here. Um, we don't talk a lot about pets, and pe- pets are people's families and people's children. So how did you get involved in this? Tell us more about you. Yeah. So how I got involved in, first of all, the whole thing of energy medicine for people and pets. So I started out with my own life. I taught for many years in the academic world, university professor of Spanish, Latin American, Latino studies. Had some unusual things going on in my professional life. So back and repeating patterns. So back in 2007, I picked up the phone and called a brother, uh, doctor of integrative medicine, medical doc, and much more. Told him what was going on in my professional life. He suggested I work with an energy healer in New Mexico. So at the time I was living and working in Boston. So I worked with this healer two hour sessions over two months. At the end of that period, I noticed something started to change a little bit in my professional life. So that got my attention. And I was pretty stubborn. I, was, I decided I could willpower my way through those patterns and really not meant to be. So a couple of years later, 2009, picked up the phone, called my brother, said, hey, I want to learn that energy thing because we all come in this lifetime to do baseline abilities with this type of work. And I discovered that I was given extra uh, helpings, gifts that were meant to come on online later in life. So with that, I started training certifications. So that got me started on energy medicine for people. Then 2011, 2013, I was living and working in Taiwan, teaching Spanish at an international school by day and doing certification program called the Emotion Code. That program, the last piece, the practicum, required that aspirants uh, work with at least five animals, and could be up to 25 animals. So living, working in Taiwan, didn't speak Mandarin then, still don't. So I ran into Mm -hmm. some issues finding some local volunteer clients to work with me. So I was stuck for two months. No people, no pets for two months. Then one fateful day, a local Taiwanese called me on a Saturday. Spur of the moment said, do you want to go ice skating? I said, ice skating? I said, yes. Don't know why. Turned out in that ice skating ring, there was this place called the Catsel. It was a cat hotel where Western expats left their cats when they're out of the country. Long story short, just saw the cats in the window, rang the bell. They let us in. The owner was there, told her, my asked to her, can you refer me to an English-speaking animal shelter? Work with the pets, helps them, helps me. Long story short, turns out, she goes, I'm interested in what you're doing. I have friends that are interested in what you're doing. I'll book all your sessions. You can do them all here at the cat hotel and the clincher. 
I'll be your translator. Wow. I went from completely stuck for two months to working with over 25 animals over a three-week period at the Cat Hotel in downtown Taipei. So after that experience, I said, when I get back to the U.S., pets will be part of my practice. That is a great story. Yeah, it's just kind of, you know, kind of divine plan because you you can't plan that (laughs) for sure. Yeah, it's almost like serendipity. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what was it like working with animals versus people, which, I mean, I know you're doing that now too. You do do both. Is that correct? Yes, I, I do work with both. So working with the, the pets, as a rule of thumb, they respond very quickly. They're very in tune, very intuitive and in touch with the energy. So often, even when I started in 2012, they feel the energy, you see them kind of looking around and usually they become calmer and as a rule of thumb, I find that pets change faster than people. The one caveat would be if it was if it's an, a rescue pet that went through a lot of trauma and abuse, you know, those changes, trauma and abuse for people or pets, usually happens over a period of time. But otherwise, pets tend to change faster than humans. Hmm. That's interesting. You mentioned you did something called the emotion code. You're certified in that. I noticed you're also certified in a couple of other things, the body code and advanced ash work. Would you mind explaining those three things to us? Sure. I'd be happy to. So the emotion code is a holistic healing tool in which the practitioner uses his or her intuition and the emotion code charts, a chart with over 60 negative trapped emotions, such as anger, grief, resentment, love unreceived. So using his or her intuition, emotion code uh, chart to identify and release the negative trapped emotions that are keeping pets or people locked in place. So this tool was created by Dr. Bradley Nelson. Dr. Nelson is a holistic uh, chiropractor, medical intuitive. He has over 25 years in a brick and mortar practice out in California He would often do the Cairo thing. Your listeners that have been to Cairo, you know, they often work with the spine, do the adjustments. He would do the physical adjustments. And sometimes with some patients of his, the issues kept coming back over and over again. So I found he was doing the same adjustments week after week. So back in 2007, he goes, what's going on? He got a divine download saying, identify and release people's negative trapped emotion, their emotional baggage, and the chiropractic changes would hold better. So in 2007, he wrote and published a book called The Emotion Code. Teaches everyone how to identify and release negative trapped emotions. Recently, 20 years ago, you can come in this lifetime, and sometimes pets do too, with inherited trapped emotions from the ancestors. All that can be identified and cleared. So this was a big step forward, The Emotion Code get rid of emotional baggage because Dr. Nelson says that in about 85% of the cases, there are emotional issues, unresolved emotional issues. Okay. So it's a big step forward. And he knew he, there was more 2009, he got a second divine download. So, and this became the body code. So the body code includes everything of the emotion, all the negative trapped emotions. Also something called a heart wall. When people or animals have their heart broken, it'll show. And it includes six major categories of imbalances, such as pathogens, toxicity, and more. So with the body code, 
the practitioner uses his or her intuition and the body code mind map series of electronic charts to identify and release the imbalances that are locked in place in issue. That was uh, 2009. And so the way it works is a client, be it a person or a pet, comes to me with an issue. Let's use a pet. So let's say the issue, the most common thing is the peeing and pooping in the house. Let's say it's the peeing mm-hmm. the dog. Client will give me a little bit of information. How long has this been going on? Three months. Okay. Rate it. How severe? How bothersome is it? Zero is no issue. Ten is to the max. If they're seeing me, it's usually eight or higher. So with that information, let's say it's the, the peeing with the dog. First of all, I get the energetic permission from the dog to work with them. 99.8% track record of yes over 10 years. Few outliers. Get energetic permission. See that the pet's testable, binds a line, properly hydrated. And then I connect with God, source, creator, archangels, and light teams to see the energy field of the pet. So with that information, I tune in the pet, ask the body, reason for this peeing issue for this dog. Uh, something emotional, grief, five years ago. Oh, actually, that was taken on from the human. Clear it through intention. We connect and do a a release. One, two, three, it's gone. So I keep asking the body. Next reason, the body will tell me. I clear it. Keep going till the body says we're completely done or done for today. So if it's peeing and pooing, you know, that usually tends to clear over, you know, a week, two, three weeks. But, you know, I'll often ask people at the end of the 30-minute session, just look at the demeanor of your dog. Same, different. Often the dog or cat are just more relaxed or their demeanor, you know, that's typically, or when they're done, they kind of just kind of walk away, you know, because they they change pretty quickly. So that's kind of the emotion code and the body code in a nutshell. That's fascinating. I had no idea they were so receptive. Now you said like almost all animals give you permission. Why would an animal not give you permission? And what do you do when that happens? Yeah. So like I said, over... 10 years, uh, two cases come to mind. One was my sister's dog, uh, Keto. Uh, she was just very, because uh, animals have free will, just like humans. They can decide. Most of them do. But I remember what I was doing was, that was one time I didn't ask permission. I was like, this is when I used to do things in person at my sister's house in Austin. And I had this energy wand. And, you know, at first I started waving it. The dog kind of like snapped at it. Kiddo snapped at it. And I said, oh, let me ask permission. I asked. I got a clear no. And because I did, I said, let me try again. I waved the wand again. She snapped at it. Never does that. So that's how I knew. The other cat was, uh, I remember was, uh, I was doing, I do a show where sometimes we do live animal healings, mini healings, like five, 10 minutes. Someone said, oh, my cat is bullying my other cats. Can you work with them? See what's going on. Connect with the cat. Said, told me, nope, you can't work with me. I, I'm having fun bullying the other cat. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, okay. So in that case, it's game over. Like I said, those are few and far between, but they do happen. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. What is, you also mentioned um, advanced ash work. What is that? Yeah. So that's uh, another holistic healing system in which the practitioner uses his or her intuition and a series of silent processes to move stuck energies. So a typical ASH, let me first say what ASH stands for. ASH stands for Activated Spaces Healing. This was a system created by Rudy Hunter. 
Rudy Hunter has been doing energy healing, body work, uh, energy work for 30 plus years. He got into it himself because he used to be a professional dancer and had a horrific accident about 40 years ago where he really messed up his back when he was living in, uh, in uh, Canada. Anyway, and at the time he didn't have a lot of money, so he was kind of going into woo land. This is late 70s, early 80s to try to get help from himself, some relief from the pain from the back injury. He set up this advanced ash work so people can learn. And it consists, it's a 30-minute session, 25-minute session in which the client does five three-minute rounds, mostly silent, where during the session, the client is putting an attention on an area. Let's say he or she has discomfort in the right shoulder. Maybe they'll put a gentle attention on the right shoulder. And the practitioner is doing background energy work. At the end of three minutes, both practitioner and client have their eyes closed. After about three minutes, they open them up and just give feedback of where they're at, same or different. So I find it a really useful tool when people are really, really stuck. And it's really advantageous because there's no need to go any, to any story at all. We just kind of get to the energetic root, clear it. And often when other things aren't moving for whatever reason, it will do the trick. So that the ash work is mainly for people? And pets too. Oh, I, and pets. Okay. So yeah. So uh, yeah, there are different protocols, but basically it's five, three minute silent rounds where practitioners doing background energetic work silently and the client's putting a gentle attention on a certain area of the body, above the body, through the body, 10 miles above the body. It varies. So if, um, I'm trying to figure out when the ash work would be more preferable. So maybe if you had somebody who had trouble speaking or somebody who just had privacy issues where they didn't want you to know yeah. too much. I, okay. I've had that where people, let's say, have, have some you know issue with performance in the bedroom and they really don't want to go into details. I don't need to know. That's the other cool thing. And even, okay. even with the other systems, the body code, emotion code, Sometimes I can say, just get the issue in your mind. You don't have to tell me verbally what it is. Wow. And I'll clear because God's source creator knows what it's about. But you and God, anyway, I, I hold the space and clear it. And I've, I've, from time to time, I've worked with people who are working on stuff and they don't want to share it. And it's not essential, I know. And they often experience quick improvements. So this is kind of an aside, but how different is your life now? from where it was before you even started this? I mean, just your level of awareness of things and maybe your purpose, it's, it's very interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I started this energy medicine journey back in 2009, you know, this type of work. And I think what I've discovered to do this type of work as a practitioner, I've done a lot of work on myself to be a clear channel. You know, we're all on our own journeys. We all have our our strengths, we have all have our challenges for this lifetime. So, you know, uh, I, I know I, I'm a very different person. I think I'm definitely more actively in touch with my intuition. I've always been intuitive, but it's at the next levels. I've done my own work on my own journey, done more training certifications and just keep learning. And also, as we know, the energies in 2020, 2021 are very strong coming in, the planetary energies. That for people that choose to do this, that are open to this type of work, the changes are often happening much faster than even three years ago. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. And um, 
it blends into, you know, everything. You know, I always tell people, yeah, you know, time and place for your logical left mind, you know, when making money decisions and all that. And there's other times you just get these intuitive hits that you know, things look pretty good, but there's something that just doesn't feel right. And listen to the intuition. And so you said you've always been intuitive your whole life? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think like many people that grow up in the U.S., you know, kids, especially today, are highly intuitive. Definitely in the U.S. and many parts of the Western world, if kids know things and just kind of blurt things out, often the adults will say, how do you know that? That's weird. You know, you think of like a little Johnny that's four years old and knows that Aunt Sally has a tummy problem. She hasn't said anything, but she does have major digestive issues. And he says, tummy problem. How do you know that? You know, they don't, they're just, they're in touch. They just know things. So I think a lot of kids in the U.S. are taught to shut that down, you know, because especially teenagers, they don't want to, most don't want to be considered quote unquote weird, even if they know things. And so they tend to kind of, you know, hide it a little bit. But I think, you know, people are opening up to their intuitive gifts more so. Did you know that you had them? Because I know some people have told me that when they were a child, they just assumed everyone could see or know what they knew and didn't talk about it because it was just normal just to them. Yeah. The early indicators that I had, you know, intuition came through and my sense of direction was always very strong. My mom, she used to, you know, tell me I don't have a very good sense of direction, even when, when I was two. She used to ask me, which way do I go to get here? And I'd point, and I was always right, she'd tell me. And also, um, just even when I was a teenager uh, or you know, college, I always intuitively know if a choice was going to be good or not. And at times I chose to override my intuition because you know I had some left brain logical reason why this option would be better or not and always paid a price. So I've always had these gifts, and I think they've expanded. Oh, that's really neat. I admire that. So do you ever communicate with a, an animal when you're healing and find out that they cannot be healed? Is that, do you ever get that kind of a response from them? Yeah, great question. So one thing I always ask you, I working with a, a, a person or a pet is, do I have permission to know a certain piece of information? And I always uh, tell people, because there are, are times especially with pets, like they've been to the vet, you know, they're, the vet has told them they have, you know, advanced kidney failure or whatever. For me, I can tell the, the client, the pet parent, if I can be of some help, but I can't guarantee an outcome. And most of the time, I'm not allowed to know exactly when a pet will transition. So for me, because that's sometimes... I guess it would be beneficial for people to know, but usually, I guess most of the time, I discovered that most of the time I'm not given that level of access to be able to share that. And I'm also very careful because, as we know, the future is not set in stone. You know, there are people that have not looked good and have quote unquote miraculously recovered. I did. I did have one case of a, a cat been taken to the vet. They discovered an intestinal blockage. Surgery was going to be like $2,700 US dollars. Pet parent didn't have the money. Cat wasn't eating, drinking, kind of on its way out. I said, can you help? I said, if you're willing to play, you know, I can't guarantee an outcome. And that specific incident worked with 30 minutes with the cat, cleared things. And I said, I remember, I said, oh, 
feels like there's a 38% improvement. Is that going to be enough? I don't know what that means. You know, four days later, I got an email saying, okay, first couple of days after the session, cat still wasn't looking good, not eating, not drinking. And then the third day, started eating, drinking, perked up, has been fine since then. Again, wow. that's from God. That's not, you know, because I have superhuman. That's for me, the divine will for that pet for that moment. I, I work with the divine. I have the spark of the divine and I'm very clear. I'm not God. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you another question. So with a person and you're talking about people might be having stuff from ancestors that they're bringing forward that's affected them in this lifetime. Is that, does that kind of experience exist for an animal? Does an animal have a ancestral heritage that would affect them or a past life experience that would affect them in this life? What have you found? Yeah. As a rule of thumb, what I've found is that many animals are affected by their other timelines. They're multidimensional beings, just like humans and spaces. And I've found that there's some, you know, some pets, it's their own issues from this lifetime. They've taken on energies of the household. And other times there are certain pets that are especially affected by past lives, parallel lives. That's especially what I see. I do, usually the ancestral stuff, as a rule of thumb, tends to come through more for the people. And so what comes through as far as other timelines, it feels like it's more parallel lives or past lives for pets, but occasionally an ancestral stuff, but it's more common for the humans. So you brought up 2020, 2021, and I, we had to put a pet down in 2020 and um, lost another one after adopting it for four days later, had to put it down. Oh, wow. What was hard with both of those is that I had to hand the pet over to the staff and I didn't see either one of them alive again after that. And so it's, it feels horrible as a pet owner or a pet parent to hand them over and not be able to go in there and be with them when they're passing. And even for regular procedures, you can't go in with the pets right now. You drop them off at the door. Are you finding in any of your research that that is traumatic for these animals or is this accepted like for, you know, for people you accept, you got to go to the doctor by yourself. How about for these animals? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. I would say kind of the workaround with all the, you know, restrictions in place with everything's going on in the country. Something, just an idea, because this actually is the animals as a rule of thumb are less attached to their physical body than we as humans. Okay. Doesn't mean they don't have feelings and emotions. What I discovered, I remember when I was in, in Taipei, uh, you know, doing my, my, my sessions at the cat hotel. I do remember one case, uh, the owner of the cat hotel asked me to go to another vet. She had a friend that had an, uh, a cat that had had a stroke. Okay. It was back in 2012 and was not doing well. And she said, can you help? And, and she asked me, the, the, the pet parent was out of the country, out of Taiwan. Do you have to, to, is there a message for the cat or does the cat need something from the pet parent? I tuned into the pet. I remember I asked, I said, anything? The pet asked that uh, he hear the voice of the pet parent on the phone. And 
asked that a picture be put in his, you know, where he was being housed. And the cat wanted to know that the pet parent loved him. So we got him on the phone. He did that. Within a couple hours, the cat transitioned. Oh, boy. So I guess I told that. I hadn't thought about that story in a long time. But the cat, so if people can, like, if they're open, the vets are open to having some type of, like, a video, you know, where maybe the pet parent can see. I don't know if there's, you know, veterinary privacy concerns, but, or at least maybe a voice where they can talk to the animal. Because you kind of know if your pet really, really wants to talk to you. That'd be one way at least to being in the room without physically being in the room. Okay. Just like with people. Yeah. That's, that's what, with everything, with all the restrictions on, that may be at least a workaround. Wow. That's, that's really neat. So let me share with you then, because when, when the pet died, um, it was a little Yorkie yeah. rat terrier mix and she just all of a sudden was acting strangely and I just felt like something was really, really wrong with her. We took her into the emergency vet because it was late at night. You know, we handed her over, told her we loved her and um, we got home. We were waiting. We were just waiting to hear what the verdict was and all of a sudden there was an owl on my roof and I, I looked up and saw the owl and the owl flew away and I just, you know, I just knew that it was time. So can they communicate like that? Can they work? Like I know people, I feel like people can do that too. Can they work through other animals? Absolutely. They work through other animals. They have other way, even when they've, you know, physically left their body, the spirits left the body. They're always around you. Um, I have um, a lot of uh, friends that work specifically with pet grief, like pet transition and teach people how to recognize the sign. Cause even when your dog or cat, you know, physically leaves this plane, they're still around you and they'll often give you signals. Sometimes some people will, you know, hear the meow of the cat, you know, not there, but they're letting you know they're around or something they liked, you know, will fall off the shelf or something. They'll, they'll give you signs. There are a lot of uh, signs. Um, it's more focused for people, but really it's equally applicable for pets. Uh, her name's Cami Mastroberti, M-A-S-T-R-O-B-E-R-T-E. Kind of like how loved ones give you signs. It was published last year, blanking on the title right now, but it was, you look under Tammy Mastroberti, M-A-S-T-R-O-B-E-R-T-E. It's just published in 2020 of how loved ones, even when they transition, be it the focus on that book is mostly people, but it's applicable to pets. And there, there is a whole literature on how animals continue to communicate from the afterlife. Oh, that's cool. I like that. I will, I will find that and we'll add the link to that information in the show notes there. I think people would like to see that. Are you able to work virtually with people right now in case people want to contact you for their own pets? If they're yes. not where you are. Yes. I work with people and pets virtually now before COVID it was 95%. Now it's a hundred percent. Oh, okay. All right. So I do sessions by phone or through videos. So there are different options. Yeah. And like this last week I was working with the client that's in the Austin area and, you know, she had the dog in the lap working on a set of issues for the dog. And, you know, it was just kind of funny. The dog was kind of you know, feeling the energy looking around and, you know, it was an issue that probably wasn't going to show up immediately because I had an issue with 
being taken to public spaces and kind of freaking out. But the dog was definitely more relaxed as the session went on, kind of just laying on the couch on their lap. So, yeah. That's cool. Uh, so for you personally, how do you keep your own mental health dealing with, I mean, some of these things are heavy and um, you're probably dealing with people who are emotional on behalf of their animals. So how do you protect yourself in the work that you do? Yeah. First of all, each morning I, I start out with kind of like I do a morning, afternoon, and evening, daily energetic cleanse. Okay. Different. Uh, I use the tools of some practitioners. I've developed my own set called the daily energetic hygiene package to keep my field clear, clean, and sovereign. As you said, you know, the truth is everyone, we all can take on energies that aren't ours, you know, just by being outside, if we're tapped into a little bit more of collective consciousness where we know there's some fear and anxiety right now. And also a lot of the clients I work with, especially the people, have gone through some tough stuff. So, you know, I have my protection shield. I'm working with the Archangel's Light Team. I always make sure I, I clear my field two or three times a day, you know, even from the Wi-Fi and that stuff, uh, you know, because to be a clear channel and keep your energy high at a level that love and above, joy and peace, it's essential to clear for everyone and practice daily energetic hygiene, kind of like brushing and flossing your teeth. You know, it's not something you're just going to do one day and come back four months later. It should be part of a daily routine. Okay. All right. That's good advice. Is there anything else you'd want us to know or any story you want to share that was particularly exciting or meaningful to you? Yeah. Another one, because, you know, usually pets, you know, like I said, as a rule of thumb, they clear pretty quickly, unless it was, you know, like a rescue, a lot of trauma and abuse. And I had this case a number of months ago that it was a, a Morky, adorable, and had been barking nonstop for seven years. Oy. <laughs> okay. And now the client was working from home and was kind of embarrassed by the barking dog all the time. So I worked with it, did a 30 minute session through Zoom. And yeah, Morky was looking around. We're clearing a lot of stuff, belonged to the Morky. Morky had taken on stuff from the pet parent. And session felt good. Yeah, I track out the energy. So, yeah, it feels like, let's see where we're at tomorrow. You know, notice some change. I'm not saying everything's going to, barking's going to stop completely tomorrow, but let's just, you know, you know, it's been barking for seven years. So, you know, <laughs> next morning I got an email saying, nope, exactly the same. I said, wow, that's interesting. I said, okay, interesting. Okay. So I consulted with some colleagues said, you know, usually animals change and it, the session felt good, you know? And um, in this particular case, the Morky was doing proxying, doing healing work on behalf of the ex-husband of this client. So for the dog to get better, I had to get permission. She was still on friendly terms with her ex. So she asked, you know, is it okay if Mark does some healing work on you so the Morky can get better? I had his permission, cleared stuff was able through God's source creator to break the contract, the healing contract between the Morky and the ex-husband. And once that stopped, broke that contract, the barking did stop. Wow. So pets, I, as the longer I started this work back in 2012 with pets, continues to evolve. 
Like I said, pets can have their own life issues. They often take on the energies of the household, of the human in the household. They also uh, sometimes call it serve as pointers. They say, so-and-so, my pet parent needs a mini healing so I can get better. They, they haven't taken on the energy, but they let me know. I want her to get a healing. And then sometimes, outline cases, they're doing proxying work, usually for another human. Mm, this is amazing. I wish I would have known about you a long time ago. But now I know you, so that's good. But <laughs> I know. Gosh. Oh, it's been such a wonderful time to spend with you, Mark. I really, really greatly appreciate your time today. And I've learned so much. And um, I want to let people know I, this, this information will be on the show notes. But you can find Mark Hernandez at peopleandpetsenergetics.com. And you can, they can make appointments with you on that yes, site? Yes, okay. on, my, on my site, they can book a private session. Yes, absolutely. Okay, because I think people are going to want to know about you. I think that's a wonderful service you're performing. It, it, it's, I like how holistic it is. It's not just the pet all the time. It's the whole family. It's, it's, the, it's usually, yeah. And sometimes, this, I know we're wrapping it up, but also I do space clearings. Sometimes pets and people are affected by their spaces, land, property. There can be non-beneficial energies, which can, if it's an issue, I, I can track it. Okay, so you can you can read or you can pick up on that? Yes. If that's, especially like we're working with the dog, but it's being affected by the, the land or the, the energies of the house, I can see the, the, the light scores of, the, of those things and clear them. Wow, that's incredible. Well, I'm so glad that this is what you do because uh, we need you. So this well, is great. I, lo right. I love this work. It's, it's very gratifying. And I'm very humble to do this work. You know, it's, it's that comes across. Given and, you know, it's in good hands. Use it to help humanity, the pets, and the planet continue to evolve as we continue to go through these interesting times. Well, I admire that greatly. Well, thank you, Kim. Thanks for having me. Produced by Heard Not Seen Media, visit imaginepodcasting.com for more information.